0: Arizona, the red hot Arizona Coyotes roll into Toronto tonight. So, we're going to preview that game and we're going to go around the league a little bit. We're just over a week away from the NHL trade deadline. TSM put out a brand new trade bait board today. We're going to take a look and see where the best fits could be for some of the top guys and where does Toronto fit into these conversations. All that and more on today's Locked On Leafs. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, my co-host, it's Dave Morisuti, brand new haircut, buddy, old pal. But it's Dave uh, from Sportsnet, a writer for the NHLPA. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll you'll note it; it's a little bit more shiny up top. Not quite. Didn't go full bick. You didn't bick it like I, we talked about.
1: I didn't. I didn't fully commit like Tony Ferrari had suggested.
0: Dave, can we? Act, I, I have a perfect, perfect. Okay, first of all, locked on least daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. YouTube, the whole nine. Now we got to get into this. Can we make a pact? Okay. If the Toronto Maple Leafs get out of the first round, you will bick your head.
1: Okay. All right.
0: All right. Deal. All right. All right. Give us a thumbs up. You got to give us a thumbs up. He's giving it to us, but I'm also talking to the viewers on YouTube, the listeners. We got to make sure that we keep Dave to this. If we got to keep him to it, the least went around Dave Bix's head. That's going to happen. And then I think the lady luck will, uh, will start flocking to you. My pal will start flocking to you. Um, (laughs) <laughs> a couple of fun things to talk about today. We're just over a week away from trade deadline talk. I'm not going to be here at all next week, too. So you're going to be full of trade deadline discourse conversation. But today might be like the last time that I can have this talk Unlocked on Leafs, talk about all the guys who are out there. That's being talked about amongst the insiders, the new trade bait boards. Where does Toronto fit into this conversation? We're going to get into all of that. But before we do, let's talk about tonight's game between the Maple Leafs and the Arizona Coyotes. So, you know, it's between one of the top five teams in the league versus, well, the last place team in the league in the Arizona Coyotes. That said, I don't know if you've been paying attention. I mean, most people aren't. It's the Arizona Coyotes. This team is rolling right now. They're coming in on a three-game winning streak, and they are just crushing teams right now. They beat Detroit the other night, 9-2. to The game prior, they won 8-5 to over the Senators, and then they had a 2-1 win over the Colorado Avalanche. So this team is winning games right now and winning games handily against these other chop teams like Ottawa and Detroit. So Toronto's going to have their hands full with this club that's, you know, feeling good, riding high. Nick Schmaltz has 11 points in his last two games. 11 points. He had seven the other night against the Ottawa Senators and then four-point night against the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, you got Nick Ritchie. The Nick Ritchie revenge game is upon us here, Dave. And this guy's averaging a point per game since the trade to Arizona. It's kind of funny. He's got, I think, three goals, two assists in five games. So he's doing, he's doing good. He's got more goals in the, like, five games he's been with Arizona than he did his entire tenure here in Toronto. Was he being held back by Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner? I don't know. Perhaps you can make that argument. I'm not going to, but some people might. But... I'm. uh, It's the Leafs are not going to be able to sleepwalk their way to a victory in this one, and they're going to have to bring their A game because you got a confident Arizona team coming into Toronto.
1: Yeah, I mean, is it the Nick Ritchie effect? It very well might be. It very (laughs) well might be because in the five, yeah, as you said, five games, three goals, and five points. Like, I I thought Nick Ritchie would get you know have a little bit of a better luck in Arizona, considering he doesn't have that pressure. Yeah, but he's, he's
0: still only playing like 11, 12 minutes a night. So it's not like he's been forced up to the top line. He's still getting limited minutes, but producing.
1: Yeah, I was actually trying to see. I don't know if they've said it yet, what the uh, what the player props are like. I wanted to see how much you can uh, put down on a Nick Ritchie goal. Because, come on, we already know like guys like Jared McCann, you know, Trevor Moore, if there's a former Leaf in the game, he's a guy you got to keep your eye on as a potential wager there.
0: Yeah, they typically do score. Like, the revenge goals are a real thing when it comes to the Maple Leafs. So definitely keep an eye on that. You can go check that out probably in the morning. Usually the those odds end up coming out in the morning. You can make that bet over at betonline.net. Uh, but uh, as for tonight... Um, I, who do you think is going to get the start? We don't know yet because um, there's no practice today, obviously, or there wasn't yesterday rather um, because there was an off day after two back-to-back. So we don't know who's going to start in goal. Um, do you roll back with Jack Campbell or do you think maybe Peter Mrazic gets another start and they continue to kind of alternate again until someone takes it? Or do you try and build off Kim- Campbell's confidence from that victory in Seattle and give him another start here against uh, the Arizona Coyotes?
1: Yeah, because like – like Peter Morazic didn't necessarily play bad enough to lose his job after the Columbus game. So I feel like you well, put he hasn't him in the job either. No. I like that's that's the issue right now with the gold situation is neither one has been able to really grab it. You know, you listen to Sheldon Keith kind of uh you know come to defense of, of Jack Campbell a little bit after the game against Seattle. I feel like this is gonna be a Morazic start. And then you're going to give you're gonna send out Jack Campbell for the outdoor game on Sunday. I feel like that would be the play there. Yeah, that might be the play, actually. Now I think about it, I think Jack probably
0: earns that start just based on merit. I think he does earn the opportunity to play in that game if he wants to. And I would assume that he would want to play in that game. So maybe he does, but perhaps he gets a three, three in a row. Like if he comes out and he wins against the coyotes in tonight's game, then, you know, he's feeling really good looking to build off that for three straight wins. The thing is, I I, I want to get one of these goalies a run. Like I want to get them a couple of games. We saw Marazic get back to back starts, but that was it. Just got the two starts. And then he didn't play again after that. Um, or he didn't get another consecutive start after that at the very least. So I, I, I almost feel like I want to give Jack the rest of the week. Like just give him a couple of games, see if he can get his game back by getting into a rhythm. Like the neither of these goaltenders have been able to get into a rhythm. And I feel like that's kind of been what's plaguing them a little bit. A couple of things that I did like though, like I was having a conversation with uh Jamie McLennan today on, on the launch. He joined us and he said what he, he he thought his positioning was a little bit better. Like last the game against the the Seattle Kraken. Was a step in the right direction compared to what it's been of late. And post game, too, if you listen to the post game sound, you know, he's made it a point recently to say how he doesn't want to be as hard on himself for allowing goals and doesn't want to say how they're inexcusable. It's an inexcusable performance. And he just wants to be a little bit more nonchalant and just kind of hopefully things can roll off him a little bit. And it seemed like post game, he was in good spirits and he felt a little bit better. Now, it was a victory at the end of the day. So it's not as you know, you're not as tough on yourself because you didn't cost your team points. But um, typically he's like, yeah, I still allowed four goals. I'm going to clean that up. I need to be better. Got to be better. Didn't really have that. He was okay with his game. And, you know, so I, I, that was a positive off ice sign that I think I saw out of Jack Campbell in which I'd like to build on that and give him the start again uh, in, in Arizona. And I would also give him the start against Buffalo for being quite honest.
1: I, I You know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that because, yeah, at some point – starters like to get back at it after they've had a decent game. Generally, they don't like to have too much time off as well. So this would, this would fall in line with that. If they really want to build back Campbell's confidence, because we don't have many games. We have what, uh one, two, three, four, five games before the trade deadline. Like you really need to be certain that one of these guys can move forward. Cause we, we've, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but I feel like you gotta you have to kind of make that you make that determination well before the trade deadline, or you have to give yourself as much of an assessment before the trade deadline happens. I think giving Campbell yeah. a run here makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. Uh one other quick notable you, you gotta assume Phil Kessel's gonna be here, right?
1: Oh, I I don't yeah. see how he <laughs> does that. Considering what he went through just to play in the last game.
0: Explain it for those who didn't, who, who don't know about it. Explain exactly what Phil Kessel did and why bring this up.
1: Yeah. So against Detroit, like Phil Kessel took the opening shift and then he pretty much is bumping fists with his teammates and he was gone.
0: Yeah. Wheeled around,
1: wheeled around for 30 seconds, got a
0: shot on goal. Goalie covered it up and then bolted out of the arena.
1: Yeah, imagine if the goalie didn't cover that up, how pissed off he would have been. Come on, <laughs> I, got was...
0: a, I got a private plane waiting for me to take me home. I got the birth of my child. Let's go cover that
1: up. He would have if... been like, throw. he would have, he would have actually, no, he wouldn't have wanted to take a penalty there. But like, just to like, figure out a way to, ice, to just get the, like, ice it or something. Take right. it
0: outside. Well, he couldn't have iced it.
1: I know it's just like <laughs> so many things you have. I, I wonder how much he thought about that. Just get that shot on goal right away and just hopefully cover it up so you can get right out of there.
0: Yeah. Shoot on that, crash the neck, get the cover up, get off the ice, hop on the private charter and, uh, go home for the birth of your, your first child. So congrats to Phil. Hopefully he had a, a hot dog or two. while on that charter back from Detroit to Phoenix and, um, he should be up. there tomorrow. He should be there tomorrow to keep the Ironman streak. What's that? I just can't see how he isn't. Oh, of course, basically. I was being—I was being kind of facetious yeah. a little bit. But, like, he played. He he traveled from Arizona to Detroit, played thirty seconds, only to travel back to keep that Ironman streak intact. You damn well know that he's coming back real quickly to play this game here against Toronto. Absolutely, he's gonna do that.
1: I'll also give a shout out to his. Uh, to his partner there because they have four more games on this road trip. Like he's, it's not like he can just, he can be like, ah, babe, don't worry. We're going to get the one in Detroit. I'm going to be home. I'll be, uh, at least we'll be, I'll be at home. No, like he's got four more games out on the East. Like, yeah, that's such a tough one. It's just like timing in, in some of these cases, but I mean, Phil, I mean, here's another thing too.
0: And you know what? Actually, and this kind of leads into what we're going to talk about next a guy who's been on the trade block he's on the block right now Phil Kessel I wonder if this changes his perception about leaving Arizona right now like if he's got a baby newborn does he want to leave his wife a new kid to go to a different situation I don't know that's kind of interesting now that I think about it um Maybe we can get back into that discussion, talk about some of the other names on the trade uh, bait list, talk about some of the Leafs names that have popped up on the list. There's one that might surprise you guys too. So we'll get to all that more when we return. But first, let me tell you about uh, one of our show sponsors today, and that's BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot. For all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering, information, and needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games, and that also means hockey. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Alongside me, I've got Dave Morissuti. We're the host of Locked on Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. For all you diehard Leafs fans, make sure you're subscribed to get that daily content directly to your phone. You can also subscribe on YouTube and get uh, the video version if you're a more of a, a visual podcast listener as opposed to audio. But either way, subscribe, You know, leave comments, thumbs up, all the good stuff. Uh, would really appreciate it. So, uh, well, let's get into a little bit of trade deadline talk here. Um, you know, we're talking about Phil Kessel. I guess we can just start there and pick up right where we kind of left off. Cause he is a name that is on the trade bait board right now. If I'm, I'm almost positive. I, he was
1: there before he's way down the list now. He's like 46.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he's sitting here at number 46, He was a little bit higher earlier in the season, and now I wonder if – and this is a new that was dropped today, so this is as of – or as of Wednesday night, rather, when we are recording this. Um, I wonder how much, like, they thought about the the newborn baby that went into this list, you know what I mean? I wonder how much that really went into it because if I'm Phil Kessel, I don't know if I want to move. Like, as poor as the Arizona Coyote season is, and he may want to try and, and win a cup, I don't know if you want to leave that situation. You know, before I was like, yeah, Phil, go. I, I always thought that going back to Pittsburgh would be a really good opportunity for him to try and get back there and, you know, reunite with, with Malkin and Crosby and try and go for another championship. But now with uh, a newborn, I don't know if he wants to leave uh, leave the desert. That might be a bit tough for, for uh, Mrs. Kessel.
1: And let's not forget he has a no movement clause. Like he, it's all on him to the, make that decision. Yeah. It's not like Arizona can just trade him whenever they feel like it.
0: Like, yeah, and he's a guy. He's a guy that doesn't mind playing in a small market because no one bugs him about how many hot dogs he's eating outside of the outside of the rink, Mister Simmons.
1: And, and nobody's bugging him about. You know, I, just imagine if he did that. If he was a member of the Leafs, there would be some though, like the feel good story. But then some, I feel like they would be like ah. Look at him just leave the team high and dry like that. Like, I could, I could sometimes (laughs) see that as a storyline. Yeah. Cause you're leaving your team now with 11
0: forwards for the rest of the game. Yeah. Right. Like, that's, that's what's happening. And look, if the Coyotes were in a playoff race, I don't know if they would have been so gracious to do that. But the fact that they're not and they're, actively trying to tank basically now they did win the game 9-2 which was hilarious I
1: was say, that didn't really work in their favor right
0: but you know i i think uh you know i thought that it was it was actually a really good gesture by the yotes and by ownership to charter that plane get him a private plane to fly him back to make sure that he is there for the birth of his child so uh congrats to to fill the thrill, former Maple Leaf legend, obviously, uh, but let's get to some of these other names on the trade bait board and see what we think might happen to them. Do you want to? St- why don't we start with some of the the names that ended that popped up here for Toronto, actually? So, um, it, uh, the. Toronto's first round pick is on this list and it does shouldn't surprise you. Uh, I I think if the Maple Leafs are going to make any type of decent splash, it's going to cost them a first round pick or it's going to cost them one of their top prospects. But it sounds like they're reluctant to make any of those moves unless they are getting a guy with term. And that kind of brings me to the guy up at the top of the list in Jacob Chickren, which is an interesting name that now is starting to get floated out there with Toronto a little bit more heavily um, what do you think it would take to get Chickering, and do you think Toronto has the assets to get it done?
1: Yeah, there's been quite a bit of um, back and forth in terms of what Toronto would have to give up to get a Chickering, because you know this is a guy who has term. He's got a pretty, you know, team friendly deal at four point six million as his cap hit, right? And you're thinking the role that he's gonna play as well. I know he's played some time on the right side, but I think mainly he'd be used on the left side there. Yeah. Um, I'd have to think that for sure one of Rasmus Sandine or Timothy Lilligren are gone. The would other you one. be willing
0: to toss would you be willing to toss Sandine specifically in a deal if it was Chicron coming back?
1: I honestly I probably would be okay with that just because I think Chicron is more of the proven commodity. Uh, there's a little more cost insurance because Sandy doesn't need a new deal. I mean, it's not going to be 4.6. No, not even close. Like, I I just think based on where the Leafs core is right now, they really can't afford to wait for these guys to get up to speed with what the rest of the team is doing, right? Um, So I feel like Chikrin fits better in what the Leafs are trying to do now versus hoping that Sandin or Grant can – get to this point because really right now i don't see a defined role for either one of them on this team in the playoffs when everyone's healthy exactly
0: yeah when everyone's healthy it does there's um not for both of them at the very least i, I think you look and one of them ideally only one of those two guys and even three if you want to toss Derman into the mix like if if there's more than one of them, I don't like the odds that Toronto's in there. I don't. So I think that they're going to make a move on the blue line. Jake Muzzin should be back. Um, All signs point to Muzzin returning before the season's over. So I'm, I'm going to assume that they aren't planning on using the LTIR space. So they won't have as much space as we initially may have thought a couple of weeks ago when he first went down. Uh, But they still will have some space to make some moves. And the good thing is if you continue to look a little bit lower on the TSN trade bait board, like this whole top five top seven really is littered with defensemen, which is exactly what Toronto wants, exactly what Toronto needs, which means that it should be a buyer's market too. Like there's just a lot of supply. There's, Great demand for these guys, too, don't to get me wrong, but there's a lot of supply, which could ultimately, um, you know, lessen some of the asks. And maybe that ends up working out into Toronto's benefit. But Ben Sherratt is in at number three. He's been a name that's been linked to Toronto of late, John Klingberg. I don't know if Klingberg goes anymore now that Dallas has kind of put themselves back into a playoff position, but he's sitting here at fourth. Uh, He is a pending UFA, and if they feel like they're not anywhere near close to a contract, maybe they try and deal him, or they could keep him as an own rental. It's going to be kind of interesting what happens with him. Josh Manson, Mark Giordano, other names that have been linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Justin Braun as well. I think that'd be more of a depth piece as opposed to a top four piece, but Hampus Lindholm seems to be a name that's being brought up a little bit more often uh lately he's currently sitting on the tsn trade bait board at 14th um right now he's a pending ufa but it sounds like anaheim they're talking they want to extend him, but if they don't get a deal worked out by the deadline it sounds like they want to move him and he seems to be the uh, might be the guy at the top of the list if you listen to a lot of the insiders his name seems to come up a lot in conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like with Anaheim, I just remember back to when they were like a Stanley Cup contender, what that blue line was like and what it is to the point now of how many of those guys are gone, Shea Theodore, Hampus Limholm, Sammy Vaden, Sean Montour, Josh Manson was a part of that like how many of those guys are either gone or almost out on their way out. And some people might look at Anaheim and not and wonder maybe are their defense a little Overrated in a way. I say, look back to what these guys have done. Anaheim was such a such a stud team for so many years, and the guys like Lynn Holm, sorry Cam Fowler, have to include him in that. Like, absolutely. Like, these are good defensemen. Anaheim had a, such an abundance they that, did. like, there were not many teams that could fall that follow suit in that depth. That if I'm the Leafs and one of their one of those defensemen are up for grabs. I know there's a little bit more about Josh Manson and whether he would waive his no-trade clause to come to Toronto. Lindholm would be a would be a if you can't go out and get a Chickering, Lindholm yeah. would be kind of a guy I would I would circle there.
0: Absolutely, and and here's the interesting thing too. Earlier on in the season, it was. there was some concern from MLSE about whether or not players were going to waive to come up to Ontario and up to some of the Canadian markets based on the restrictions in the country compared to the U S and those restrictions are starting to lift. So I wonder if those are no longer like as big of concerns as they once were as well. And now maybe a guy like Josh Manson may be a little bit more, um, likely to waive. Like he, he may just not want to come play in Canada, regardless restrictions aside, he just may not want to cross the border and have to deal with visas and travel and all that nonsense, mm-hmm. which fine, that's fine. If you have a no trade clause and you put Toronto on there, you're totally entitled to it. Yeah. But if it's a restrictions situation, like they were reporting on earlier, I wonder if now it's, it's a little bit less of a worry for, uh, for Toronto. Um, is there any any other names out there that kind of stick out to you that maybe could be someone that the Leafs are kicking tires on, perhaps a, a forward up here or one of these defensemen that are maybe a little bit lower on this list? They got 60 names out here, so it's quite a lot to choose from. Is there someone that maybe you got circled there that, that you're kind of keeping an eye on perhaps that you think Toronto could be kicking tires on?
1: Oh, I mean, we heard about the Max Domi connection. I just wondered if that was more of a his because of his father and the naming there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I asked,
0: I, I point blank asked, um, asked Darren Dreger if there was any validity to that, and he said he doesn't think so. He he basically said, "Yeah, it sounds like this could be more of a Twitter-driven narrative as opposed to there being some legs on it." So,
1: like some have wondered if like an uh, Arturi Lekinen could be, you know, just if you want to add a little bit of that, you know, playoff depth because he's been a pretty decent player in the playoffs. Yep. If you've watched uh, Montreal there. I, I wondered if maybe the Leafs, if they were going to look for a guy with term and ha- is a right shot, they try Damien Steverson again. Mm-hmm. I we heard potential uh, interest there, but New Jersey's a weird one because a lot of attention has been on the P.K. Subban situation and how New Jersey's not <coughs> Like they pretty much are not committed to him going forward. So I'm well, wondering. He's what done.
0: They, he's a UFA at the end of the year.
1: Yeah. Like they pretty much have told him, like, we're going to look to see what's the best thing for the New Jersey Devils to do. Right. Because, you know, PK might want to stay. He kind of likes the New York. I mean, it's not New York, but it's a tri-state in.
0: area. I like, I, I don't know when it comes to PK Subban, even if they retain half of his money, that's still four and a half million dollar contract for a guy who, at this point is a bottom pair defenseman. Like he's a, he's a number five
1: who can move the puck. Um, that's player, a player, player. Routine for sure. Like you'd have to go like trade to like Arizona. Hope they retain half. Yeah, you know, I like guess. That. Yeah.
0: That would be, that'd be what you would want. If you are Toronto, could you, have, or if you're any team, right? Not even yeah. Toronto. Like I don't think PK Subban's in the cards here when it comes I to,
1: I personally don't I mean, think so either. No,
0: that's not what they need. If they only have one bullet, like he says, don't waste that bullet on PK Subank, Kyle. Please do not. Um, as for the yeah. Ford market, a name that kind of interests me a little bit, I've hopped off the JT Miller train. I just don't think he's going to get moved um, whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out of my mind because it's not going to happen. So I might as well not dwell on it any
1: longer. Just, just but, get rid of the games before you get them crushed, Mike. That's the best way to yeah, go. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Like that's just pff, gone. Not even thinking about it. Um Brandon Hagel is the name that got brought up, which oh, I think is. Up that name yeah, it's an interesting name. And apparently it's going to cost like a first round pick to bring him in though. And that's where I was like, huh? But he's got two more years after this uh, at one and a half million dollars. So he's somebody he has got 18 goals this year, 33 points. He could slide in as the left winger on that second line. So if they do want to go out and address the top six, I think that could potentially be an option there. Brandon Hagel. Um, there's always been interest in Jake DeBrusque. I wonder if they maybe reach back out and see what's going on there. Uh, what was it? There was one more other name that I saw. Oh, Connor Garland's also a name that I know they had interest in in the summer. I wonder if they circle back and kind of see what they can do
1: there. Um, I, I just forge is a a tough one because it's just the forge, all the forge you just listed there have some turn with it and that's going to cost your first round pick.
0: You know what's an interesting name that's sitting here on the trade bait board right now? Right smack dab at dead last at number 60. Max Comtois of the Anaheim Ducks. He's having yeah. a, a, a tough year with Anaheim. Um, just two goals in 33 games with them. Uh, but he's having, like, he's a, a good young player, 23 years old. He had a solid season last year.
1: Wasn't he their leading goal scorer last like? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure. sure he
0: was. Yeah, like, he had a terrific season last yeah, year in the short Shorten year, but I wonder if the Maple Leafs will be in on something like that, like a good young player who's rather cost effective at two million dollars for this year and next year could play in your middle six. Um, brings that that bite that you're looking for, so that's an interesting name too. Maybe they try and work out some sort of package where they could bring in Comtois, who gives you that uh, you know that non rental that longer term piece. Yeah. I think he'll still be an RFA once that deal's done as well. And you go out and you address the blue line by getting one of either Manson or potentially you can get yourself a Hampus Lindholm, create some sort of package, kill two birds with one stone with one team, and then you could you know trade away your first rounder and maybe one of your your upper tier prospects um, to to try and get that done. But we'll see. Should be fun. Uh, should be fun to see what they could do. But there's a couple of Maple Leafs names out there as well uh, that we need to discuss. Why don't we take one more quick break? When we get back, we'll discuss those names. And you let me know, we'll play a percentage game. The percentages that this item or this player is traded by the deadline. So that's what we're going to do on the other side. We'll get into some more lease trade deadline talk here on the Lockdown Lease Podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Uh, With me, I got Dave Morisuti. We're the host of the Locked On Lease Podcast. We're continuing our trade deadline conversation. The Leafs and Yotes do play tonight as well, puck drop at 7 o'clock. A couple of names that there could be some interest in some guys in in, uh, Arizona. Jacob Checker, we talked about earlier. Lawson Kraus is an interesting name too. Bit of a, a, a middle six player who's got some snarl to him. I do like Lawson Krause as a, as a player, but there were three Maple Leafs uh related players or picks that were that landed on TSN's top 60 trade bait board. Let's play a game where we kind of guess the percentage chance that this player is dealt at the deadline. So the first uh little I, I the first one is their first round pick and that's here at 18th on the list. What are the odds that the Toronto Maple Leafs deal away their first-round pick, do you think, by March 21st?
1: Uh, I'm going to go pretty high with, like, 90%. Like, I, I just think if they are really going to go big or try to land a significant name, there's no way the first-round pick doesn't get touched, especially, you know, considering they haven't had any issues trading in the past years. I know Dewis has liked to keep that first-round pick because they don't really have much in... Further rounds, maybe he decides to keep this year and move next year's. But teams really want this year's first round pick, they don't really like to wait for the following year. So I feel like it's a good chance this one gets moved.
0: I'm not, uh, I'm not that high, I, I, I'm more than 50%, I'm not quite at 90%, and i am probably. I'll go seventy six percent, seventy six percent chance.
1: Six, okay. That,
0: that first rounder, uh, that first rounder does get moved, just because it, it it sounds like they don't want to. Um, and I already spoke earlier about how it seems like it's a buyer's market, and if that's the case, maybe they don't have to give up their first round pick, or perhaps they go like with a second round pick and like a a good prospect as opposed to giving up that first rounder, um, or one of their other players that are are on this list that we'll talk about. Um, But I'm going to go with a 76% chance that the Leafs move out there first. So I think it's likely, but not as likely as you think it is. You have almost certain written on your your statement there at 90%. Travis Dermott, the other player that's uh, here on the TSN trade bait board, um, currently 54th on their board. What are the odds that Travis Dermott gets dealt at the deadline?
1: Um, I'm going to go 51%.
0: Oh, you think it's more likely than less?
1: Yeah, just because they need to move salary in some regard. And if teams are going to look for a player on the le- lead, like at least a team that's acquiring will have them for next year. Let's say like you're looking just for contract or for salary purposes, like a team like Arizona needs bodies for next year. Travis Dern it's a guy you can slot into your team next year. That's another th- buck. Like, I'm not saying he's the centerpiece of the deal, but he is, I think, going to be a piece in one of these trades because there's you can't have a $1.5 million cap it's sitting in the press box.
0: Yeah, I'm going to prices right you and say 52%. I think there's a 52% chance that he gets dealt here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you on, on a lot of those points. And the other one is just the fact that it sounds like Muzzin, like I said, is going to return. So it may have to be kind of a dollar in, dollar out type of situation. Where if you're going to get a guy who's got a little bit more cap on his on the books, you might have to deal out a guy like Dermot or, or Justin Hall as another player who potentially could be dealt, um, considering the what comes back the other way. But Travis Dermot's also played well of late, and maybe increase his stock a little
1: bit. He might like, even be a separate deal. He might even be like a team that's looking for a depth defenseman could call the Leafs and say, "Hey, what would a Travis Dermott cost us?" And the Leafs can try to use that as, you know, a potential, sw- you know, they bring in assets they can then flip. I guess yep. he's going to get a lot, but it would get you at least the Leafs can potentially look at different options with a guy like Travis Dermott.
0: Yeah. Like you bring him in for like a couple of thirds or something like that. And then you take one of those, you flip it for a depth forward and you know, yeah, he could totally do something like that uh, as well. Someone who just wants a chance. And and we talked about him when we discussed, you know, Labushkin's numbers. Well, he's been playing with Travis Dermott and, in the last couple of weeks, Travis Dermott's been among the league leaders in shot suppression. When it comes to scoring chances per 60, he's allowed the least out of anybody else in the league in the last couple of weeks. So he is kind of, in my opinion, maybe raising that stock a little bit. Um, And and I do believe that he could end up being dealt. That said, the counterpoint is you want as many NHL quality defensemen as possible for a long playoff run, right? The number that people use is like, eight or nine nhl quality defensemen are you doing that by trading one away you know like i it does stink that he may end up having to wither away up in the press box during the playoffs just because but if you get an injury or two you'll wish that you had him right so in a way for depth reasons i also wouldn't be surprised if kyle dubas does not want to move on from um some of his nhl ready guys especially one who is under contract next year and they could deal you know this summer if they want to move out that salary doesn't necessarily have to be this year because he's it's not a ufa uh the last one that made its way onto the tsn trade bait board and this is the interesting one the one that kind of caught my eye and surprised me a little bit it's timothy Lilligren, dave what are the odds that Timothy Lilligren is involved in a trade here before the March first, twenty uh, first NHL trade deadline?
1: Yeah, I when I see him being played with Riley, even when it's not working, I just think the Leafs are trying to see if if Lilligren can establish himself somewhere in this lineup because if it's not with Riley, Lubushka's taking that third pairing role right now. TJ Brody with you know and Justin Hall. Like Justin Hall has pretty much has been a fixture in this lineup too. So Timothy Lilligren, whatever they decide to do, he might be the odd man out. And I, again, if you're if you're going to look to make a significant trade and you have to include a prospect, maybe you decide that Timothy Lilligren is that guy. But as you said, Mike, depth is an important thing to have in the playoffs. So if an injury happens and you can put in a uh, in those in that case... So I'm on the 30% because I think Dubas has been very attached to the guys with the Marlies and guys that he's drafted. And this is someone who's worked his way up through injuries and just so many tough circumstances that I don't know if they're dead set on trading. him, But I feel like teams are going to ask for either him or Sandine if they're looking to get a significant piece at the deadline.
0: Yeah, I I don't think he gets flipped for a rental. If they do move Lilligren, I believe it'll be for a a, a player with terms. So you know that's that is like a Jacob Chickren type of player, um, or it could be someone who's completely off the board that they end up making a deal for, or it could be you know a couple of players for uh, Lilligren. I don't know, but I'm gonna give it a thirty-seven percent.
1: I see. I see what you did there. Nah, no,
0: what I do there, Dave? What I do?
1: Let's see, folks. He took Timothy Lilligren's number, and he's e- just such an evil, evil thing to do, and use it against him and say, yeah, those are your chances. You may not be around." Take that, Timothy. Well, what if Lilligren like,
0: if he's a guy where if you do need to trade him, maybe, uh, maybe Lilligren's like that prospect that I'm talking about. So if someone, so if you don't want to trade away your first round pick this year. And someone's saying, we don't, we want a first or like good prospect. And they say, all right, we'll leave your first, but give us uh, Lilligren and and a second or Lilligren and a third. Like, what would you rather give? What would you rather keep? If someone's asking you, let's say it's, um, let's say it's Hampus Lindholm, would you rather give up the first round pick or would you rather give up Lilligren and a second round pick?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I'm probably, I'm probably more inclined to give up the pick just because. You can flip Lilligren in potentially another deal in the offseason because it's not like you need to make a decision on him right now, right? Right. And I know a first-round pick could be anything. Teams have done pretty well when they've gotten Leafs first-round picks. It could even be a Timothy Lilligren. It could be. Or it could be a guy that doesn't end up
0: being. Or it could be a Tyler Biggs.
1: Oh, we had to bring that name up. And I of course you bring it up with Anaheim. Just I, I, I thought I'd like to point that out there. Yeah. Yeah. For you those just,
0: who missed it, Tyler Biggs, once upon a time, not directly, but indirectly through draft picks that were traded at the at the draft. Tyler Biggs,
1: you're gonna do it. If
0: you look at a trade tree, was traded for John Gibson and Ricard Raquel.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Ricard Raquel. Yeah, that's a guy. If I'm the Leafs and you want to go out and big and make a big splash. Love me some Ricard Raquel. Yeah, he's, he's a-, a name that he's a name that's been linked to
0: them a little bit. He's a name that's been linked. And and that's like a situation where now you look at it and you can package a deal. You get a Ricard Raquel. Like whether it's Raquel or Comtois, but they got a couple of Fords out there that could be on uh, up for grabs there and you get that forward and you get that defenseman, now you're a little more inclined to to trade away one of yeah. your good young assets, even though they are pending unrestricted free agents, but you're getting two of them, right? So you are more inclined to trade away a guy like Lilligrin or trade away your first-round pick because you're getting two big-time assets.
1: Yeah, I'm more inclined. I think what I've liked about Dubas' deals in recent memory, like the Jack Campbell trade, wasn't just Jack. Like They weren't just getting Jack Campbell. Like I think it was Kyle Clifford Clifford
0: in that as well, didn't they?
1: Right, and you know a lot of people liked what Kyle Clifford was gonna bring to the Leafs. We could have
0: signed a two-year extension today, Kyle Clifford, for whatever
1: reason they gave him two years. I, I, yeah, I think it's just for him being a good soldier, and he's gonna be Marley's captain. Yeah,
0: Rich Clune's gonna hang it up, and then Kyle Clifford's gonna become the Marley's captain. You're in here first.
1: But I think that's, you know, those deals tend to work because at least you're solving multiple. You're trying your best to to fill as many holes rather than putting all your chips into one basket, hoping that one basket can turn into something that will help your team. If You can that's
0: throw in John Gibson while you're at it. Let's go. Make it happen. Let's get it done. We'll be the Toronto Ducks by the end of the deadline.
1: Just hope we don't end up like Ducks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true very true unless it's the mighty ducks and it's the world championship games that happened that was a d2, Mighty Ducks d2 d2 yeah exactly came with a big time dub big time dub um one final name that i want to discuss uh, in terms of maple leafs and the odds of them being moved at the deadline Kyle Dubas is is he's has a reputation for being like a good guy, where if there's a situation um, where somebody's unhappy or they're not getting a proper role, he typically does, you know, does what's best for that player and moves on. We've seen it happen with Josh Levo. saw it happen with Miko Letnin, Alex Barabanov last year as well, who's having a good season now with San Jose. Um, probably could use Barabanov in the top six realistically, but I digress. A player to watch going forward is Joey Dusik. Uh He was brought up in the 32 thoughts uh, written piece by Elliot Friedman that came out yesterday. So that is a name. He's a lower level prospect. I mean, just kind of a, a flyer. I think he's 23, 24 uh, years. I think he's 23 years old, and and you know, a good offensive defenseman who hasn't quite unlocked those defensive type of uh you know skill level to get him to the nhl quite yet but he's a guy who's been developing he was in the came from college ranks to the echl to the ahl and uh so he's somebody who sounds like he would like a change of scenery and perhaps could be dealt and and put into one of these deals so joey dushik if i'm gonna put a percentage 94
1: percent yeah i just feel like you know he's 25 if it's not with the leafs he's going to look 25 already. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess he did four
0: years of college, I think. So I guess he came out at like 22. Yeah. yeah so, that makes sense. So yeah.
1: I, I feel like this is just a case where he doesn't want He wants to see if he can get his legitimate shot in the NHL. Fortunately, there's not. I mean, you have to wonder which club will give it to him. There are clubs that are willing to do it because some clubs just don't have the depth or they just don't have, they, they'll, they're willing to take a shot on guys. Um, yeah, so if I'm the lead, and Kyle Dubas will do right by him, as you said, he's done it many times before. So I found that to be an interesting name to pop up, but it's kind of it's surprising, but also not surprising given what the motivation of him trying to get his uh, his his, his uh, a start in the NHL somewhere.
0: I think the surprising part about it is the fact that like he really doesn't have the clout to uh, like demand a trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect, but he's in the minors and he's de- trying to demand a trade out of uh, out of the organization. I don't know, but we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see. Lots. Uh, it was about what we got. What today, Thursday, plus uh, ten days, ten days till the NHL trade deadline. So, lots of work for Kyle Dubas to do. He's gonna be busy on the phones. You damn well know it. And uh, there will be a move or two. There will be a move or two. If I set the over under at one and a half trades by deadline day from today until March twenty first, you taking the over?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll take the over. I usually don't, but in this case, uh, yeah, I can see the I can see the over being uh, can happen this time around.
0: Yeah, I think we could see. I think we'll see the over because I think we'll see like a big move and then just like a depth move. Like last year, like Ben Hutton randomly ended up here and you know, they went out and they brought in uh, who who's the fourth Riley Nash was like a separate deal technically from the Nick Felino deal. And like, there was just some small moves that were made. And I think that uh, the Leafs just to get all their ducks in a row, try and make sure they have as enough enough depth as possible. Uh, they could be in the market for making a couple of minor moves. Um, but at least one biggie I would hope to address the top four. That, I think, is uh, everybody can be in agreement agreement on that. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms. I receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasuti, And follow the show at Locked On Leafs on Twitter. And you can also find us, Locked On Leafs, now also on YouTube. Enjoy the game tonight, folks. Leafs, Coyotes, 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll be back tomorrow to break it all down. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown.